can join. I think Reagan's waiting for you on the stairs right there. You can join him. If you're visiting with us and you have um, a child that's fifth grade or younger, they're welcome to join the herd. If you want to go see where they're going, you're welcome to see. If you have little littles, we have nursery all through the service. But we also like babies, so they can stay. They like. God is good. Amen. Amen. How many of you have a sense of expectancy like we're experiencing him, but there's more. Like there's, yeah, more we're coming into. There's a, cl- there's a cluster bomb back there ready to go. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Um, I want to give just some practical, uh, some practical direction today. Um, because I think we're in the, we've just stepped into something that's a little new like a, a new level maybe of experiencing God's presence and pursuing him. And how many of you know we want to keep pursuing the right thing and we want to increase our capacity for it. Those are the two things you want to keep your eye on as God is moving. You want to keep pursuing the right thing and you want to inc- increase your capacity for it. So if, if you're experiencing God, what's your first, your first thought is more, Lord, because it's good. So how do we increase our capacity to receive that, because listen, he'll fill you up. But if, if the only space you have is a thimbleful, then that's what you're gonna get. You know what I'm saying? Like his presence can come if that's how much space you've made for him. That's, you just got filled up. You just didn't have very big capacity. How many of you wanna increase your capacity? Right, um, so we wanna keep our eye on the right thing, we wanna increase our capacity. So I wanna read you a few scriptures just of how it's possible to experience God. Um, the picture that God paints of having a relationship with him, um, what it can look like. Um, a lot of people have never experienced God in this way, not because they couldn't, but how many of you know at some point you need to want relationship? Have you ever called someone on a date, like for a date, and they have not called you back? After the fifth time? <laughs> you need to start asking yourself, do they give me the right number? Right? Or do they want, right? I mean, how many of you know relationship needs want both ways? If there isn't, it's called stocking, right? If want is only going one way. So it requires want. So God paints a picture of the kind of relationship we can have with him. But how many of you know at some point you've got to decide, I want that more than I want anything else in my life. I will prioritize that over all other things. Yeah? Because God has prioritized us over all other things. He sent his only son. Right? Christ gave his life. Right? I mean, he has prioritized us in that way. And if you want to have that kind of relationship, you need to have a reciprocal priority for God. Right? So let me read you a few verses that illustrate the kind of relationship we can have with God. In Genesis 5.24, it's one verse might be the coolest verse in the Bible. Enoch, who we know from later um, books of the Bible, was a prophet. Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him. Think about that. Enoch, in a time where people were living terrible, sinful lives, Enoch was walking with God, and at one point God's like, just stay with me. He never died. God took him. Come on. Do you want to walk with God that way? Like, you're, cl- you're walking closer to heaven than earth and you just stay. Come on. That should make you a little hungry, right? Exodus thirty three eleven. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Afterward, Moses would return to the camp but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. In the tent of meeting, that's where the presence of the Lord was. And Moses at first lived in the camp with the people. After a while, he's like, I'm just going to go live in the tent of meeting. <laughs> you people are crazy. <laughs> I'm going to go live in the tent of meeting. So, but when he was in the tent of meeting, God would speak to Moses face to face like you speak to a friend. Why? At that point, I think maybe out of just pure desperation because he was leading these crazy people, Moses is like, I need you, Lord. I'll just stay in the tent of meeting. 
I'll go out and talk to those yahoos when you tell me to, but I'm going to live here with you. And, and what did he demonstrate for those who followed him, for Joshua who would lead Israel? What did Joshua begin to prioritize? Joshua was like, he told you to go talk to him. I'm staying in the tent of meeting. <laughs> I'm hanging out in the presence of God. But he would speak because Moses had that priority. He would speak to Moses face to face like you speak to a friend. Moses wasn't even regenerate. Moses still had the Adamic nature. Moses wasn't saved. You know what I'm saying? Like his faith, right, brings him into the kingdom. But come on, he wasn't even covered in the righteousness of Christ. He wasn't, it was pre-Jesus. And he was able to talk face to face with God like you talk to a friend. How much more could maybe God have that relationship with us if we desire that kind of intimacy with God? Come on. One of my favorites, Zephaniah 3.17. Oh, come on. We've so, no, no. Zephaniah 3, not, tears are fine. It's just they're not productive when you want to talk. That's all. I don't want to try to like have a repressed congregation where everyone's afraid to cry. Crying is really good. You just can't do it and talk. Okay, so no. <laughs> Zephaniah 3.17. For the, oh, stop it. For the Lord your God, for the Lord your God is living, is living among you. He is a mighty savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with singing. Come on. Like we can live like that. The Lord is among you. He's a mighty Savior. He is glad in you. He rejoices over you with singing. Yay! I want to live like that. We can have that kind of relationship with God. Yes! Yes! Colossians 3, 17 through 19. And I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts, living with... Oh, living within you as you trust in him. May your roots grow down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love and may you be able to feel and understand. Feel and understand. May you be able to feel and understand as all God's children should. Who's this available to? All God's children should. How long, how wide, how deep, how high his love really is. And to experience this love for yourselves. Who's it available to? Experience it for yourself. Though it is so great that you'll never see the end of it or fully know or fully understand it. And so at last you will be filled up with God himself. We can live like that. You mean God's not just a thing I do on Sunday to prove I'm a good person? <laughs> like, I can live in that kind of relationship with God? The God who, like, created the universe. He spoke the world into existence. He spoke and there was a bang and the universe is still expanding. That's who wants this kind of relationship with you. What? Who is this available to? Second Chronicles 16. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth. Search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Who can live in this way with God? Who can have these kinds of relationships with God? He's searching the whole earth. Whose hearts are turned toward me? He's looking to and fro, if you read the King James, to and fro over the whole earth because he'll find that one. He'll snatch that one up out of Syria and have a relationship with them, right? He's looking through the whole earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully turned toward him. That's who can have this kind of relationship with God. Whoa. That makes me want to say, let's turn our hearts fully to him and live in this way. When you begin to experience God in this way, and I think we're just beginning, we have like tasted like a thimbleful. You know what I'm saying? There's so much more to experience in God than what we have experienced so far. And that looks a whole bunch of different ways. I'm not saying we're experiencing him because people fall down or somebody shakes or somebody speaks in tongues or, you know, it doesn't have to, it doesn't look a way. 
but you know when he's here. And you know when his manifest presence is increasing in the house. And it will always look different because he's not going to be put in a box. But when you've experienced that, the cry of your heart is like, more Lord, more Lord, more Lord, more Lord. When you have an experience with God, you want more. Right? So how do we go after the more? Well, we want to pursue the right thing. Because you can have an experience with God, and how many of you know you can begin to love the experience more than him? And you can begin to pursue the experience instead of pursuing him. So he multiplies, right? There's that time when he multiplied the food and fed 5,000. And the next day, a few folks stayed behind, and they were like, hey, make us some more bread. <laughs> we got the teaching yesterday. We don't need more of that. Just give us more bread. And Jesus was like, hard no. I'm not making you more bread. And they were like, well, listen, even Moses could bring bread. So if you, if you want us to believe, you got to do something bigger than Moses. And he was like, it is a vain and foolish generation that seeks after signs and wonders. But we believe that he wants to heal the sick and raise the dead and deliver the oppressed. And we want to see that. We're hungry to see those things happen, right? But we're hungry until things happen so that he can be glorified, not because we're seeking the thing. The thing is just a means for his glory to be seen. So when we preach the good news of the kingdom, he demonstrates the good news of the kingdom by healing a body that's broken. See how good his kingdom is? It reflects glory on him. But we're not going after healing because healing's super cool. We're going after healing because he's super cool and people need to see it. Right? You want to keep heading after the right thing. So listen, I want to experience God because I want to know him more. Right? When you first started dating, um, you didn't say, man, I'm glad we're having a second date because I'm really hungry. <laughs> like eating might be something you did on the date, but you're excited about the date because you want more of that person. I want to experience more of that. So as we experience God, we keep our hearts set on the right thing. And when your heart is set on the right thing, everything else comes with it. You will see more of all the other things as we're saying, God, this is to know you. This is to see you glorified. I'm pursuing you. And when you're pursuing him, he doesn't have to look a certain way and do it a certain way. In fact, the more different ways he does, it's kind of exciting. It's like seeing a new aspect of him, right? Um, anybody ever gone on a date with someone who had a really specific idea of what a man or woman should be, and they were letting you know so you could be that? <clears throat> Not super interested in you. Super interested in telling you what you now like and uh, how you want to be. Anybody ever? Um, in college, because I worked a lot, I waited tables in the afternoon and I worked in a psych ward midnight shift and so I worked a lot, which means, you know, if you live in the dorms, like I was always working when meals were happening. So you have to date <laughs> if you want to eat. <laughs> and fortunately, uh, when you go to a school where everyone is studying for ministry, there are plenty of guys who need to find a wife. And so <laughs> it's not hard to get free food in Bible college. I went out with one guy named Andy. Um, oh, man. He was a bodybuilder. <laughs> so he's like, so you probably like running, and you probably like this, and you probably like that. He was telling me all the things that I probably like. And uh, I was like, <laughs> um, no. And he's like, He's like, my body fat, it was like 2% body fat or something. He hadn't eaten sugar in like three years or something. Ridiculous. We ate very different meals that night. <laughs> He's like, I forget, 2 or 4% body fat, something. And that's your goal. That's cool. I'm not dogging it. I'm just saying, 
it's not, I don't, you bring it up on a first date, it's weird. That's all I'm saying, which is weird to be like, I know your body fat percentage, whatever. So he was like, uh, he said, man, I jump in a pool and I sink right to the bottom. I have so little body fat. And I said, I said, that's so weird. <laughs> because when I jump in a pool, I bob like a lure on a fish hook. <laughs> we didn't have a second date. <laughs> but that's no fun. That's not about relationship when someone's taking you out to tell you how you're going to be for the rest of your life so they can be pleased. That's no fun. Right? That's not, immediately you're like, do you wanna, are you, did you want to take me out? Because it seems like any girl could fit this. Like, you're just looking for somebody to put in a, right? Man, God will change things up on you. He will change things. How many of you know, as human beings, we go to habit. It's natural for us to go to habit. It's why you can drive home from work and can't remember that you're driving. Like, I don't remember that ride. What happened? Right? Your, your brain went to habit. We go, and we try to go to habit on God. Here's what's going to be. Here's what's going to And let me tell you what. As you get hungry for a relationship with him, what you do is you begin to open up your mind to God. You can do whatever you want to do. You can do whatever you want to do. And we know he's expressly said he wants to heal the sick. He wants to raise the dead. He wants to deliver the oppressed. But sometimes he also turns water to wine, which is a really crazy miracle. Sometimes he walks on water. What's that about? Just take a boat. Like, you know. <laughs> are you just showing off? I don't know. Right? There's times he does things that are just very strange. Sometimes he parts Red Seas. In my mind, like, just the expense of energy it took to deal with Egypt. In my mind, the first day that Moses goes to Pharaoh, just smite all the firstborn and all that, and they'll go. I mean, he went through a lot of energy with the plagues, and they follow them into the desert. The sea has to part, and they finally get swallowed up, the Egyptian army, right, by the Red Sea coming back together. Oh, my, just kill him the first day. That's my mind. Like, how can we make this more streamlined? This is a lot of... Listen, he's going to do it his way. He's going to do it for his reasons. And he has not asked for our advice about it. The Lord does as he pleases. That's actually a verse. The Lord does as he pleases. And so to pursue the right thing, our hearts got to be positioned for God. I just want you today. I want more of you, and however you want to show up, however you want to do it, I'm open to it. Now, some of us are like, come on, shake the room, bring fire. Like, we're all, how many of you are, that's, that's you, you're like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Okay, there's like 10 of us. We think you all think, we think you all want that, but the truth is, I know some of you are like, that's still a small, quiet voice. That's cool, God. <laughs> Jesus, I'm open to anything as long as nobody sees it and it doesn't make me feel stupid. And how many of you know he's going to turn all of us on our heads and just surprise us? If what we want is him. And we said, God, you can be in control. We want to keep pursuing the right thing. Him and not just what he can do. Him. We want him. The what he can do just exposes more of who he is and his goodness and his greatness, but it's him. We're pursuing him. Also, there's strange fire. There's this really terrible story in the Old Testament. Um, is it Numbers? Nadab and Abihu. Is it Numbers? It's Numbers, okay. I got a nod from Dad. It's Numbers. Okay, here we go. Nadab and Abihu, um, God had very specific stuff he wanted in the incense right? Because his presence was in the tabernacle and there was incense that got burned and his presence would come and people would be like, the presence of God is awesome, right? Nadab and Abihu, they were like, we'll do it our way. They start burning the strange fire and kind of like, right? Well, his presence showed up. <laughs> but it didn't go well for them. And I'm just going to leave it there. You can look it up. It went back. He doesn't want strange fire. And how many of you know, like, there are so many ways we were made to experience God. Like Colossians says, that you would fully understand and feel 
God. Like he wants both things happening for you to understand him and for you to experience him. We were made to experience God, and if you're not experiencing God, you're going to find strange fire for your life. Because we were made for that experience. So, I mean, it could be drugs. It could be, listen, we used to live on Center Lake. It could be alcohol. Center Lake. How more people aren't dying in boating accidents every summer, I don't know. I mean, if, if, just from, if just from watching our neighbors try to get into their boats drunk with flip-flops was any indication of death toll, I'd be like 100 this summer. 100. It will top 100. But what's happening? They've worked hard all week, and they, they want to experience something. They want to feel life. And they don't have Jesus, and so I guess you get drunk. I guess how many people are living for the weekend? We write songs about it. What is it? Why? Because this can't be all there is to life. And alcohol is the only thing that's helped me escape kind of the mundane, so I guess I'll go there. Like, I have compassion for that, right? I mean, there's reasons why. You can fill it with sex, right? Um, it's amazing. My kids, um, they're just now at the age, my older two, they're starting to watch, like, some sitcoms with us. And we watch it with them, because how many of you, there's, like, not one good sitcom we can watch with them that doesn't have just, right, so... We'll watch it, and then so then we can comment on like, that was crazy. But it, you 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 watch things differently when you're watching them with your kids, and it's amazing to me how many sexual references there are in these sitcoms. Just kind of crude, and like, what's wrong with you? Um, but it shows me the writers' hearts, like they feel like that's their escape in life, just finding one more way, one more thing, one more person, one more right. What are they, they're trying to experience life. They're trying to right, feel something. How many of you know you have enough strange fire in your life? Doesn't matter what it is, drugs, alcohol, sex, whatever. You gossip and tear people down because that feeds something in you. How many of you have known like a true gossip, gossip, gossip? As they're telling you things they shouldn't be telling you, they're excited. They're on a high. There's like adrenaline pumping through their veins. It's a drug to tell you something. You didn't know that? Oh, well, I probably shouldn't tell you, but right? And they're getting flushed. And, I mean, they're like loving this. I, it can be anything. You know what I'm saying? It can be anything. We were made to experience um, God and to experience life in a different way through him. And when you don't have him, you're going to have to find something. The problem is the strange fire is going to kill you. And, and instead of experiencing life, it deadens you. So now you've got to have a little more strange fire. Ephesians 5 says, don't be drunk with wine. This leads to debauchery or it will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to one another. What is it saying? You weren't made for debauchery. The debauchery is filling a place that was made for him. So don't be drunk with wine. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that leads me to believe that at least sometimes being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't look Presbyterian. Sometimes it's going to look Pentecostal. There will be a wide range. So pursuing the right thing, we're pursuing him. We're not substituting it, not just with that strange fire, but we're not substituting the experience of him with him either. We're realizing the experience leads to more knowledge of him, more closeness to him. We're pursuing him, right? Also, God's move isn't random. It's not like, wow, we really felt God's presence so random. Who knows if it'll be here next week? That's kind of how we treat it, like, oh, please, revival fall. Listen, if we position our hearts toward him, he's coming. If we make room in him for, for him in our lives, he's coming. He will fill that place. It's not random. We don't have to wonder what will it take for us to really experience God. Come hungry. Come with your heart positioned toward him. And you'll experience God. It's not random. Psalm 22, the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. Sometimes when you come to a worship service, and listen, you can experience that apart from a worship service, but I'm talking about worship service, you can come to a worship service, you're like, that was off the hook. Woo! Man, it was really alive today. 
You know what happened? Enough people had their hearts positioned. We had a little cluster bomb go off is what happened. It wasn't just random. God responded to his people. If you have worshipers like, man, that was kind of, man, it just never really took off today. Maybe they just sing different songs. Do you know how many churches are arguing over what songs they sing? And at what volume? And at what tempo? And how many? Because if we just get the combination of how many, how loud, and which one's right, now the presence of God will fall. Listen, I've been in services where there is one pretty lousy vocalist with a guitar and the presence of God smashes that room because the people in the room had their hearts positioned to it. That's what happened. Let's reconfigure our songs. No, it's not about that, right? There are songs that I think are just downright strange. Every generation has a few bad songwriters to keep us humble. And you know what? You can worship through it. I'll tell you, there was a song back in the 90s during the revival time. And I mean, I hated. I use the word hate literally. I hated the song. I hated it. And the pastor I worked for, he was on sabbatical for quite a bit of the time that I worked for him for the five years. And um, so I preached a lot. And let me tell you, every single Sunday I preached, they sang that song. And it was almost always right before I had to get up and preach. And I was like, I hate this song. Let me tell you, it was a terrible song. Oh, oh, you want to know? Hopefully you don't know it. Some of you will. Great big God, itty bitty devil, I sing my praise. To the great big God. And then here's the B-52s riff. You ready? B-52s? Nobody knows? Okay. Here's the bridge. Shake it up, shake it up, Lord. Shakey, 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 shake. Shake it up, shake it up, Lord. Till the strong man breaks. And I would be like, Jesus, not that song, not that song, not that song, not that song. I hate that song. Just keep me humble. Listen, you can, I had to learn to position my heart (laughs) toward the Lord during shaky, shaky, shake. (laughs) You can do it. Because the issue isn't the song, it's our heart. Now, listen, we work really hard. Pastor Alyssa, her team, Danielle and Andrew, they sing theocentric songs, songs about God. They're careful. They want to sing. I'm not saying just sing any old thing. You want to be intentional. But I'm saying the heart's always the issue. If our hearts, like when, we, when I finish this sermon in the next hour, haha, just kidding. When I finish the sermon and there's time to receive prayer and there's time to worship, let me tell you, we come to that worship time and we just start going after God. We don't have to wonder if his manifest presence will show up. It will. And the more of us that get there, I'm just telling you, it's exponential. Okay. Okay, I got to skip some. It's too much. Sorry, too much. Okay, let me get to this. This is the last point. Most important thing. Most important thing. As, we, as we're in this kind of move of God and he's taking us further in. We want to keep our mind focused on the right thing, our heart focused on the right thing. But here's the big piece today. Here's how you increase your capacity. I think as a church, God has already been like winnowing out things that don't matter. Right? He's already been taking things out of our lives that aren't necessarily sin. Well, dealing with sin issues, but also taking out stuff that's just extraneous to make more room for him. How many of you have felt that? Make more room for him. So there's that aspect of it. We've been doing that. Here's the other huge piece you have to know. And this really determines where we go. The best way to increase your capacity for the presence of God, you experience the presence of God today, now go do something with it. Get on mission with it. And when you come back next Sunday, you'll be emptied out a little bit. And you'll be like, I need you, Lord. 
I had crucial conversations this week because I was using kingdom tools. I need you, Lord. I prayed for 10 people to get healed. And one of them had a demon. <laughs> I need you, Lord. I, I pushed into situations I haven't done yet, and I think I might have done it badly. I need you, Lord. This person my heart aches after, I actually had a chance to begin to reveal you to them. And I'm just so afraid I'm going to screw it up, Lord. I need you to come and call my heart and let me know it's not about me, it's about you, and give me words, and right? When you're doing mission, you come with enough emptiness, there's a lot for him to fill because you got emptied out. You used his, the experience of being in his presence for the right reasons. Now, I need to illustrate it, and I need some help. But don't worry, I'm going to choose someone who loves attention, so it's going to be good. <laughs> Lucas, can you help me? <laughs> can, you, can you come on up? <laughs> now, don't worry about him. He loves the limelight. <laughs> He's good. Okay. Um, Lucas, I'm going to make a muscle, and I want you to make a muscle. Can we just do that? <laughs> okay. Now, it's not fair because you can't see under my shirt. Um... <laughs> But his muscle's bigger. I'm just going to tell you that. His muscle is bigger. Um, I hope that his arm weighs more than mine. I'm not sure. I don't know. But let me just tell you, there's a difference. I don't have that muscle in my arm. How much, how much can, that, can your arm lift? Oh, come <laughs> Sabrina, how much can his arm lift? Yeah. 60. How many reps? Boom for all day. Okay, if you're using both arms, how, many, how much do we have? Boom, like this. 135 pounds. Um, Shauna, he can lift you up like this. Okay, okay. If you're doing like dead weight squat, boom. Or what, do you do it like this? I don't know, what do you do? Dead weight, and you pull that thing up, how much? So when you started doing the dead weight stuff, you started at 315? Oh no, where'd you start? Okay. So from 135 to 315. Okay, what is the difference between my arm and Lucas's arm? He works the muscle. So when he eats a calorie, <laughs> that calorie turns into energy, which is what it was made for, because he's going to expend it through his arm. Right? The calorie was made to turn into energy that you use to do something. That's what the calorie was made for, right? Now, you can also eat a calorie <laughs> and not work out your arm. Calories can turn into lots of things besides energy. Well, not lots of things, but other things. <laughs> right? What's the difference? He worked the muscle. So today, I'm a, it's Sabbath. You probably don't lift on the Sabbath. Is that right? No. Okay. <laughs> Let's pretend it's Monday. So it's Monday. He's been lifting 315, right? He's been doing that. When he comes to dinner, his body has a much larger call for calories than those of us that sat at a desk all day, right? Because he expended a ton. So when he comes back to the meal... His body not only needs way more than ours does, but he can take in way more. Right? Listen, when we come to God's presence, whether you're abiding on your own time or that we come together, we are feasting at his table. And if all we did was take last week's experience and last week's word and turn it into fat and put it on our butt then what's our capacity at the table? Come on. If you've been out on mission with him, you experienced God, and now you're like, I'm going to go do something with that. When you come back to feast at the table, you come back ravenous. You, you don't fast probably much, do you? 
I'm assuming. If you went three days with only water, how'd you be doing? I, yeah. I, some of you may know, my husband tried out for a survivor. And we're so excited, like we so wanted to get on. But I was like, babe, if you go a day on a half a cup of rice, you might die. <laughs> and I'm being serious. He eats like three, 4,000 calories a day. I'm, you can't go long without eating when you're doing the stuff. You are hungry for his presence. So Lucas tomorrow night can sit down and feast, although I know that he'll just have skinless chicken and broccoli, but... Uh, <laughs> but he could eat a lot of skinless chicken and broccoli. Do you see what I'm saying? When you sit down to feast, if you've actually worked the muscles, you need the feast. And your capacity for the feast is huge. If you feasted, did nothing with the feast and come back to the next feast, now you need a vomitorium. Seriously, Romans had vomitoriums. Why? Because the they weren't doing anything, and they would just eat and eat and eat, and then they would go and they would to make more room to eat more because they weren't actually using the food for what it was made for. Acts chapter one says, Jesus says, I will baptize you in my Holy Spirit and you will receive the Holy Spirit and power to be witnesses. So if we're saying more Lord, we need to understand it's for a purpose and the more that we experience God and know him and get on mission with him, the larger our capacity gets. Are you with me? Now we come to the feast. We're like, Jesus, I gave out this week. I mean, I need more, Lord, because I might die. I had a half a cup of rice. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Lucas. So if in your heart you're saying, more, Lord, man, God's so good. We want to keep experiencing what we're experiencing. We want to move into more. We want to experience more of God. Well, then we keep our heart set on the right thing, which is we want you. Not just your stuff. We want you. And we've got to get on mission. So as God is moving on you, what does that look like? To be on mission with him. The whole mission of our church, to equip people to be and make disciples. That's our goal, to equip you to be and make disciples. It's the one mission Jesus gave us, go make disciples. And that doesn't mean to fill a room with people. Because we can fill up this room with people who are seeking an experience and not make one disciple. You with me? But we need to go make disciples. What does this look like to be on mission with him? Well, some of you aren't experiencing it, right? So you see, you're looking around and you're no longer looking at people through human lens. You're looking at them through a kingdom lens. The neighbor you can't stand, you're beginning to realize, like, they need Jesus. They're miserable because they need Jesus. And now he's waking you up like at three in the morning, and they're on your mind. And instead of going to the refrigerator and getting milk, you're like, I need to pray. Some of you in the past few weeks, you, you're not just praying your regular prayers. The regular prayers are good. Right? The Lord told us to pray, our Father who art in heaven. Right? There's worship and hallowed be your name and your kingdom come, your will be done. Getting in line with his will. Give us this day our daily bread. I have needs. Can you help me? Help me to forgive. Set my heart right. right? That's awesome. The regular praying we do that covers the issues of our lives. But man, there's another kind of prayer where like a heaviness or a burden comes on you and you almost can't. You can't not pray. How many of them I'm talking about? You might all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the country of Zanzibar comes on your mind and you start praying and you start feeling kind of stupid about it. Because it's not like, Lord, do what you want to do in Zanzibar. You start praying and it sounds like, you're like, I didn't know that that could come out of me. <laughs> How many of you know what I'm talking about? You prayed that way where stuff begins to come out of you. Um, Romans 8 talks about the Holy Spirit. We don't even know how to pray. The Holy Spirit will pray through us. Even like groanings. What's happening when all of a sudden you're like, Zanzibar's on my mind, and I've got to pray right now until this lifts? What's happening? It's called intercession, and what's happening is the Father is sharing his heart with you. What you are feeling is how he feels with the lost in Zanzibar. That's what you're feeling. That sense of, oh, urgency. He is saying, this is what I'm feeling. You feel it too. Pray. Agree. <laughs> right? 
This neighbor you can't stand, all of a sudden you wake up at three in the morning and you can't, you're crying and praying for him, you don't even know why. The father is sharing his heart. He loves that person who's far from him and he's sharing his heart with you and you're joining with him. He's talking to you like a friend. He's sharing his heart with you, right? How many of you, how many of you have intercession? You're like, whoo, you give up yourself in intercession. You're like, I want to come back with the people of God and worship. King David said, he said, I was so glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord today. Like, ooh, it's fine, the Lord's day. We get to go to the house of the Lord. Why? Because when you're giving out of yourself, you're like, is it Sunday yet? <laughs> is it Sunday yet? I need him. Is it Sunday? Ooh, I was so glad they said, this is the day. Let's go to the house of the Lord. Yay! I've just been waiting. That's how it should feel when we're on mission with him, we're partnering with him, and he's so gentle because if he showed us everything, we'd die, right? He's so nice to us. We go to Myers, he puts one person on our heart. I should go pray for that person. When every single person there, he is weeping, he is crying, he's rejoicing over, and he's showing us the one because we can't handle the 10 and we can't handle the 1,000. But the more of us who are partnering with him, the more, now a hundred of us are in Myers, and I just got the one, but Sarah's got one too, and Jeff's got one too, and right, Sean's got one too, and now he's sharing his heart, and now all these, and now they get to meet him, and now they get to carry the burden, now they get to be on mission. Come on. That's how the first century Christians turned the entire world upside down. That's how it happened. So if your cry is like, more, Lord, we're experiencing, what you're, we're experiencing of you is so good, but more, Lord, I want, I want to send you singing over me with gladness. I want my roots to grow down deep. I want to talk to you face to face like a friend talks to a friend. I want this. I, I want to be so close to you that you're like, hmm, did they just stay in heaven today? Maybe. I want that kind of relationship with God. Then hit, listen, turn your heart toward him fully and get on mission. Get on mission. If you ask him, God, I'm going to be on mission with you this week, he will show you. He will show you. He will give you direction. The kingdom is coming all around us. There's low-hanging fruit for the kingdom all around us. And his heart is moving to and fro on the earth. Whose hearts are turned toward me? Because I'm going to strengthen them to do it. I'm going to strengthen them to do it. Would you stand? Worship team, would you come? Prayer team, would you come? He's so good. He's so good. He's so good. Now we have a chance to do it, turn our hearts toward him and pursue him in worship. All of us have plans for the rest of the day, but put them out of your mind for now and get focused on him. Set in your heart to worship him right now. God, I want to lift you up. You're worthy of all my attention. You're worthy of all my praise. You're worthy of all my adoration. You're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. Set your heart on him now. Set your heart on him now. Some of you have come in this room and you have needs you need prayer for. You need to get prayer. Don't hesitate. Don't wait. Maybe you're far from God and you need prayer. Come on. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. There are people that can pray with you on either side here. People in the back on the other side that can pray with you. Maybe you're sick and body need healing. Whatever the need is, you come get prayer. If you're not getting prayer, then start pursuing his presence as we worship. Not just songs, not just singing, not just counting down the songs, but begin to go after him. Begin to open up your own heart to worship him. His presence is here. Let's go after it. Let's go after it. Let's go after him. Amen? Amen.
destroy in perfect peace. Earthly pain finally will cease. Celebrate, Jesus is alive. Come on, say that. He's alive. Oh, and we sing, oh, happy day, happy day. You washed my sin away, oh, happy day, happy day. Never be the same, oh, happy day, happy day. You washed my sin away, oh, happy day, happy day. I'll never be the same. Oh, forever I am changed. And oh, and oh. What a glorious day, what a glorious way, we sing that you have saved me, and oh, what a glorious day, what a glorious name, come on, sing his name, oh, Jesus. come up here before church as God to fall. Well, uh, what Pastor prayed about today, God gave me a word. I believe he's saying that uh, don't deny him today. <sighs> Let him come in and fill you up mm -hmm. and he will be with you the rest of the week. Just yeah. exact same thing she's been talking about. Did you hear her today? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, God that just confirmed what he was telling me through her this morning. And I was, I was up here waiting. Somebody's going to speak in tongue, and I'm going to have to interpret this. I thought it was going to be an interpretation. <laughs> but he wants me to tell you, he gives you freedom. He gives you freedom. Take him in. Worship him today. Let it go. Because he is here. He yeah. loves you. He is here this morning. Yeah. So good. So good. <laughs> so you can worship where you are, come up front or going back and dance, but let's press in. Amen. 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 Hallelujah In the presence of my enemies 
Yeah. 
Sometimes when you don't know, you just lift your voice. Sometimes when you just don't know what he's doing, he's good. He's good. He's not in a box, but he's good. Whatever he does do will be good. We can trust you, Jesus. We trust you, Jesus. Before 
I will bring praise, I will bring praise, no weapon formed against me shall remain. I will rejoice, I will declare, God is my victory. Victory and He is 
continue to worship. There's still prayer going on, still time to get prayer. But if you've got to go, I just want to make sure we can all pray together. Would you pray with me? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Encourage somebody. Meet somebody new. If you need prayer, come get prayer. We'll continue to worship. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. The splendor of the King Clothed in majesty Let all the earth rejoice let all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light. And darkness tries to hide. And trembles at his voice. Trembles at his voice. How great is our God. 